Auburn basketball is ranked number one in the AP poll for the first time in school history. Jabari Smith earns SEC Freshman of the Week, and Walker Kessler was named SEC Co-Player of the Week. There is a lot for Auburn fans to cheer about this week regarding this basketball program, and we have assistant sports editor here at the Plainsman, Henry Zimmer, here with us today to tell us all about it. So, Henry, how are you? Doing well. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I always love having you on. Um, I want to talk about the Kentucky game a little bit. Who were some standout players for you in that game or just in this season so far? Yeah, I mean, I feel like these ones are pretty obvious, but you got to look at Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith and what they've done for Auburn, especially last weekend. Uh, they had a huge task ahead of them with Kentucky, who was ranked 12, but they very easily could have been a top five team. And you look at Walker Kessler, who's playing Oscar Shibwe, who basically grabs 20 rebounds a game. I mean, the dude is like a concrete wall, and Kessler said as much after the game. And Walker won the battle down low. The first half was definitely all Kentucky, but... As a whole, Auburn out-rebounded Kentucky, and a lot of that's due in part to Walker Kessler's play and Jabari Smith's play. And the two definitely have a chemistry, and Wendell Green and Jabari Smith, uh, Wendell Green and Walker Kessler rather have a huge chemistry. You can see that when they're throwing up those alley dunks all the time. But when it mattered, Kessler really stepped up against probably the nation's best center, and you can see what an impact that makes, especially when Kentucky is so reliant upon going inside and going down low to their big guy. When he's kind of obsolete defensively and Jabari has like seven defensive rebounds, that's huge. And then you look at Jabari Smith, at least offensively, uh, he hit that step back jumper on the elbow over two whole guys. And he hit, he almost didn't even touch the net. I mean, that thing went so far down the middle of the basket, the, the, uh, the net barely even moved. I mean, that's the play of the game in my eyes is that little jumper he made. Yeah. Three seconds left on the shot clock. There's like two minutes and 40 some seconds left. And Jabari Smith is, I mean, it looks like he's been doing this his whole life. The kid's 18 years old. If Auburn wins a championship, he won't be 19. He will still mm. be 18. Wow. So, I mean, the fact that he is so young and is able to do things that pretty much should be impossible for a kid like him, especially having never played a team like Kentucky. I mean, you know, you look at Alan Flanagan, who scored the team's first couple points. They went to their veteran guy. that He's played Kentucky before, so they obviously went to him early. And then when it mattered most, they went to Jabari, who Bruce Pearl said is going to be their guy late. And when it's, he said, when it's nut cutting time, it's uh, the ball is going to be in Ten's hand, and they put it in Ten's hand late, and he did the job. And you know they get rewarded for it this week, and you know they're Auburn's two best players, and it's no secret anymore. And now they're the nation's best team, and I think it's totally deserving. Yeah, and it's mind boggling to me. I know that I've said this before, but for Walker Kessler to not even be playing that many minutes, right, at North Carolina. He comes to Auburn and instantly impact player. And I think part of it is it just speaks to him, his hard work, and also just Bruce Pearl's ability to develop players. And I think really put them in places where they thrive. Um, And one thing that he was saying um, in the press conference on Monday was that, you know, Jabari has really put in the time to mature and be better and Kessler has really just worked so, so hard. And like you said, they've got this chemistry. They're working together. And one thing that he really focused on, interestingly enough, was the backups. Um, and he, he just spoke about the backups a lot and how he values character and hard work and being ready when you're called on. And 
how that affects, you know, the recruiting and people knowing that they will get a fair shot if they come to Auburn is is super important. And I just I love how he highlighted players who people might not see as often on the court, but he called them out, you know, as leaders. And I just I just think that's really, um, really cool that he's doing that. I think two of the players he mentioned were Stretch Akambola and Chris Moore. Yes. And Stretch was Auburn's center for most of the year last year. Obviously, he would rotate with Dylan Cardwell. But, you know, Stretch didn't come here to sit on the bench. Is what Bruce Pearl said as much. I mean, Stretch wants to play. But when you're playing behind Walker Kessler, who is emerging as maybe the nation's best center, and then you're playing behind Dylan Cardwell, who gives Auburn some really, really valuable minutes. I mean, look back at that Alabama game. Without him, I mean, Auburn's dead in the water. You know, Stretch is taking on more of a, uh, you know, he's a kind of a jumping around on the sideline type of guy. I mean, you see the picture when they're, uh, I believe it's the Dylan Carver, uh, yeah, the Devin Cambridge dunk rather, and Stretch is jumping off the floor. I mean, he is like a foot off the ground. He's so excited, and he didn't log a minute in that game. And Chris mm. Moore, I don't think logged a minute against Kentucky. Maybe he got some some late action. I'm not 100% sure, but he's another guy that didn't come here to sit on the bench, but he has taken on a huge leadership role. I mean, you see every video Auburn puts out. Um, Chris Moore's always featured in all those videos. He's always the first guy in the huddle, you know, you know, family on me type of guy. And yeah, they're really stepping up from the bench. And I think that really helps support the guys that are new here, like like Jabari, who's 18, or Walker, who's a sophomore. You know, those junior guys that are now kind of getting supplanted by the younger kids. Yeah. You know, they have taken on a mentorship role and it helps. I mean, it really helps. And Bruce says as much and, and obviously is working. And again, the number one team in the nation for a reason, and it's because they're not playing kids 30-plus minutes every game. They have guys on the bench when they need it to give a guy a blow for two, three minutes, and then you cut your minutes down. I mean, you look at Oscar Shibway for Kentucky. He logged, I think, almost 40 whole minutes, and that dude was dead at the end of the game. But Auburn's got rotation. They've got bodies. They've got kids to throw at you all the game long, and it's a working strategy. Bruce Pearl's done it his whole career, and he's going to keep doing it, especially this year because obviously it's working. Yeah, speaking of that depth, um, that was another thing that he really focused on. And just um, developing every single player where he knows that no matter what position, he's got people that he can depend on. I think that's been a huge part of Auburn's success thus far. Um, You know, you've seen people like Flanagan or, you know, various people out with COVID protocols. And with the, the world that we live in right now, how much even more so important is it to have that depth? And, um, you know, you have injuries, things happen. And so for him to feel like my five guys can be beat your, five, your guys five guys any yep. day is just, that's a good feeling as a coach. Yeah. And you said, you mentioned, um, you know, some of those players, that, so those backups that that he called out um, in that in that press conference and, and just you know, almost congratulated them for for their leadership. And and a big thing that he was talking about was just um, playing sacrificially and being a being willing as a as a player to say, you know what, today might not be my day, but I'm going to be a team player. And that just speaks to the kind of culture that he's building here where players are not playing selfishly. They're they are putting everything on the line they're they're working their hardest but they're also willing to say hey if I'm not the best for this team that's okay and I'm going to I'm going to serve and I'm going to step in in another way do and whatever I, I can to help the team win exactly and I, I that just just speaks to what kind of people he's recruiting right um because you can have all the talent in the world but if you don't have character 
and you're not a good teammate, are you really going to be successful? You, you look know? at Memphis too. They have two of probably the best players in the nation, and you know they're hardly winning games at home, and they're almost losing to teams like Tulsa. They're losing to teams like UCF because they're playing me ball instead of us ball. Yeah, and you know it's kind of a small detail, but it's something I noticed, especially because I was at the game when Auburn beat Kentucky and all the players were running around taking their jerseys off. Katie Johnson went right over to the scores table and he lifted the part of his jersey on the front that had the big Auburn. You know, spelled out right in the front. He didn't point at the back of his name. He didn't point at his number. He was lifting up the Auburn. And, you know, that's the type of ball you want your team to be playing because that's team ball. And that's what wins championships is when you have five guys playing as one, not one guy trying to play all five. Absolutely. And, you know, nobody wants to sit on the bench, but I think for them to understand that they are just as valuable on that bench as they could be on that floor, I mean, when you have Just people on the important. bench, absolutely, you have people on the bench that you can depend on. And that's just as important as anyone who's out there um, out there on the court. And just, you know, again, being ready when you're called on is is such a good thing. It's something that he's emphasized a lot. And um, I do want to mention briefly just the student support. Um, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but... Um, you know, how the student support is it going to affect recruiting in the future and, and what kind of a an amazing environment uh, they've built here at Auburn. And I mean, it just makes me wonder, you know, if you get an offer, if you're being recruited by Auburn, I don't know how you turn that down right now. I really don't. Um, you have Bruce Pearl, who has this is now his third team um, that he has led to number one in the country. Only two other people have done that ever. Um, and then you have such an amazing, like we were just talking about, team spirit um, and and that sacrificial attitude. I, I don't know how you turn it down. Well, here's something they did this weekend that actually kind of flew under the radar, but it, it really goes a long way, especially if it's just for one kid. This is the type of details that matter. So Auburn's celebrity letter holder, you know, the guy that holds the N, uh, was Doc Robinson, you know, very famous Auburn point guard. Well, he's cousins with a shooting guard named Jacoby Walter, who was actually on his official visit to Auburn this weekend. Well, what does Jacoby Walter see? He sees a thousand plus crazy students cheering for his cousin, Doc Robinson, and sees Auburn in the craziest atmosphere he's ever seen, apparently, win a game against Kentucky that then propels them to be number one. And you can't tell me that's not going to stick with that kid. I mean, that's a teenage kid that is like, they're throwing the world at this guy and why would you want to turn that down? He probably is going to get an offer from Kentucky if he doesn't already have one. But his cousin didn't play for Kentucky. His cousin's not the you know celebrity letter holder for the Wildcats. He was a celebrity letter holder for Auburn. And those are the memories that stick with people. Those are the type of things that you take into account with your family as a recruit. And that's the type of stuff Bruce Pearl does. He goes that extra mile. He makes sure those details are met for that one kid. If all that game did was impact one kid, it was worth it. And that's what Auburn's trying to do. And apparently that's been working for him. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Next up, we have Michael Floyd coming on to talk all about the Auburn jungle and what it's like to be a leader of that organization. Hey, this is Collins Keith, podcast writer for The Plainsman. If you like this podcast and would like to support the organization and our team, You can visit our website at theplainsman.com and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 127 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here at Auburn.
Thank you so much in advance. And now back to the show. And we are back here with Michael Floyd in the studio today. Michael is the Auburn Jungle Vice President, and I am so excited that he's here with us today. Now, you've been on our podcast before, but it's been a while, so why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Oh, goodness, that's a hard question, you know, when you have to talk about yourself. But I am Michael Floyd, and I have the great honor and privilege of serving as the Vice President of the Auburn Jungle, which is the official student section for Auburn men's basketball. And, and in the coming years, it'll be the official student section for all Auburn athletics. So we're very looking uh, looking forward to that in the upcoming year. Uh, I'm from Brune, Alabama, and it's probably two and a half hours south of Auburn. And every day I wake up, it's just so great to be an Auburn Tiger. Absolutely. And I want to ask you, what is it like right now leading students within the context of Bruce Pearl and what he's doing with Auburn basketball? I mean, from... Everything that we see, he is so supportive, so appreciative, and you can just see it in his eyes when he walks out there and into that arena and looks at all those students, how much it means to him that there's so much love surrounding his team. What's it, what's it like right now? Well, I will say this. Bruce Pearl makes my job absolutely hard <laughs> and easy because when you have somebody who leads your uh, men's basketball program like Bruce Pearl... He's full of energy, so I, I don't have to work really hard to get the students or even the fans uh, hyped up or, or pumped up for the game or during the game. But in the sense that he's doing it, it makes my job easy because I don't have to do it. So um, And now with Auburn being ranked for the first time in school history, it's just taking this program and the energy around it to a whole nother level. Uh, but obviously being number one in April or, or March when it comes, that'll be more important. But the um, significance of what happened um, on Monday, it was very huge for not only the, the team, but for students to uh, actually be a part of something historic like that. And that just makes students want to come out, get in long lines, 23-hour lines if you waited in line for the Kentucky game. Right, right. And um, it, it's only up from here. And it, it really is. It's only up from here. Yeah. And, you know, what role do you think um, the jungle has played specifically in this 15-game win streak and no losses at home this season and only one loss, which was actually in overtime? And, I mean, they – the fans' dedication right now is incredible to me. It's whether it's camping out overnight, like we saw with this Kentucky game, or just how well they travel. Auburn fans have just been so dedicated, and just spe specifically the students um, have been so dedicated. And, you know, how do you think that has played into the success of this team? Well, I have seen, um, far as students traveling, like you said, I've seen students travel to Tuscaloosa. When Auburn went to uh, Coleman Coliseum and took on the Alabama Crimson Tide, won there. Um, I saw him, we were in Oxford when Auburn went to Ole Miss and trailed by, I think, 13 at one point. And then once they started rallying back, you can hear the roar of the Auburn fans inside of the, the pavilion at Ole Miss. And this past weekend when we hosted Kentucky in a uh, top 25 matchup inside Auburn Arena after Devin Cambridge uh, slammed down that monstrous dunk inside the arena. Auburn Arena shook, and I'm pretty sure it, it retroed on the Richter scale because that <laughs> place was just electric. If someone would have lit a match, the place would have exploded. Um, just, it, it, it just speaks to um, what has happened here 
at um at Auburn University, and Bruce Pearl says it all the time. We're a football school, uh, we're a softball school, we're a gymnastics school, we're a basketball school, we're an everything yeah. school. Yeah. And to support uh, a university an institution that is so good at everything, no matter what the sport is, it makes the lives of students much more, I guess, say bearable. You know, because you come to a university that that provides you a great education and also a chance to support some of the best athletics team in the country. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I wanted to ask you about just, um, you know, specifically with the players on this basketball team, it feels like they are holding Auburn fans in their hands. I mean, what is it like to sort of witness that and be a part of that? Well, when you have a Dylan Cardwell or, a Katie Johnson, a man of many faces, when you have all those players who not only play basketball, but they also get invested within the students and the fans, you know, it, it makes life easier. And we see with Katie, he's very appreciative of the Armour family. Dilling is very appreciative of the Armour family. Jabari and everyone on the team is very appreciative of the Armour family. Um, in his press conference after uh, the Alabama game, um, Bruce Pearl said Auburn fans are traveling like Kentucky fans now, but uh, no, Bruce. Auburn fans are traveling like are traveling like Auburn fans because mm-hmm. we love, we believe in Auburn, and we love it. Um, and when the players see that, they they are excited. They want to get to know us. They want to interact with us, and. They're playing for themselves. They're playing for their families. They're playing for their schools, but also they're playing for the fans that turn on the TV and watch them and come into the arenas and watch them in person. So this team loves the family, uh, the Auburn family, and and you can really tell they do. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to end with um, just asking you about, you mentioned at the beginning that um, eventually that your goal is to really have students show up for those women's basketball games. Um, what would you say to students right now who are hesitant um, to buy into the women's program? I realize, you know, it is hard sometimes when your team might not be winning a whole lot or or whatever. But what, what would you say to people who are, are hesitant about those games or saying, oh, it's not going to be as fun? And, you know, I hate to hear that from people because – you know, if you've been to a women's women's basketball game, they're awesome. Right. Um, so what would you say to those people? Well, I, I'm going to say this, and it's going to all make sense once I come to the conclusion. In 2014, I believe, uh, Bruce Pearl was hired as the men's basketball coach here at Auburn University. At that time, the Auburn men's basketball program was one of the worst in the country. And here we are in 2022, and the Auburn men's basketball program is number one in the country. So it takes time to build. Yeah. And Coach Harris is the woman for the job. She's the leader for the job. Uh, athletic director or director of athletics, Alan Green, got it right when hiring Coach Harris. Uh, she has a championship pedigree. So I would, you know, advise students and even fans, you know, um, it's going to take time. She's building something. Next year, she has a top 25 recruiting class coming in. Right. Um, and also, we're at the pace now to where this team uh, has a little bit more fight in them now. Uh, they lack the depth with they with shows because they get tired trying to finish games, but they don't give up fighting. They fight to the final buzzer. Um, and it's important that we rally behind them up. And while they're at this point, so when the success comes down the road, uh, we're going to be like, I was there. I saw it. I can't believe what I'm seeing. And one day, Auburn women's basketball will be back at the top of women's basketball. So watch out South Carolina. Watch out Kentucky. Watch out Kim Mulkey and LSU. The Auburn women's Tigers, they'll be back soon. 
All right. There you have it. Um, thank you so much for coming on and um, just really appreciate everything that you are and, and what you do for Auburn students. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on. No problem. Thank you for having me, Kristen. War Eagle. War Eagle. All right, Auburn family, we are going to wrap up today's episode for you guys with an update on gymnastics. Auburn Gymnastics came into this past weekend as number seven for their meet against Iowa State, and they came out with a win um, of by a pretty big margin of about two points. And, you know, although they did have that win, they came out on Monday, just sort of how the cards fell, ranked number eight, but scoring a season high of 197.35 in their home opener was a great way for them to start this season off. And um, they had a crowd of nine over 9,000 people in Auburn Arena and as a record home crowd. So, you know, you had all those students outside lined up for the basketball game, but they weren't just there for the basketball game. There were a ton of people who showed up for gymnastics as well, which is always great to see. And we had Suni Lee. This was her home opener. A lot of people really wanting to see her and, and what she can do. But really, a big standout for the night was Darion Goldburn. And she earned a 10 from one judge on her floor routine. And it was the second highest team score in program history overall. So she really stood out and just took that leadership role and, you know, she's been so consistent for Auburn over the past uh, few years. And to see her kind of come out and thrive in this environment was just so cool. And up next, they will have a tough matchup um, as they host Alabama. And they've only had two wins um, against the Crimson Tide. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do with this. Um, they have some weapons with Suni Lee, with Darion Goldburn and the rest. Um, so, you know, it'll be it'll be an interesting thing to see. Can they come up with a win against a very powerful Alabama team? We'll see. But that matchup will be on the 28th of January at 8 o'clock. So if you're in Auburn, show up for that. Uh, they need our support. And specifically with Alabama it is the Iron Bowl of gymnastics, right? So let's show up and give them support. But that is going to be all for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we will have another episode for you next week. Stay tuned and we're equal.